pray with me? Spirit of living God, fall so fresh now on those who are watching us live stream and those who are gathered in this worship space. And most of all, O oh God, send now your Holy Spirit on this preacher. Amen. It's Sunday, the first day of the new week. And for the followers of Jesus, somewhere around the spring of 33 AD, things couldn't have gotten any worse. Three days ago, as the Jews counted days, you know, evening, morning, this is the way they calculated. Three days ago, on a Friday afternoon, day one, day two was Friday evening till Sunday evening. Day three was Saturday evening through Sunday evening. Three days ago, the disciples witnessed the Roman government crucify Jesus at the behest of the Jewish leadership, the church. Oh yes, the disciples were there too when they crucified our Lord. And it was all over around 3 p.m. on Friday. All the disciples could do was remove the body from the cross. And with minimal preparation, given the fact that the Sabbath day was approaching them, they barely had time to wrap his badly beaten body in linen cloths so that the body fluids wouldn't soil the ground and attract scavengers. They barely had time to tie a handkerchief around his face and head to keep insects from crawling into open crevices in his body. All they could do was quickly place his earthly remains in Joseph of Arimathea's borrowed tomb until after the Sabbath was over at sundown on Sunday. It was a traumatic, earth-shattering time for the disciples. It was all they could do to keep it together. It was a harrowing three days. The last time that the disciples had seen Jesus, he was dead, gone. Gone with him were their hopes and dreams. Sure, they believed that they would see him again on that great resurrection day of judgment, but they needed Jesus now. It's Sunday morning, and the women have gathered to do what they know to do. Perhaps they would find some comfort in caring for Jesus' body. They could have gone to the tomb on Saturday evening after the Sabbath has ended, but it would have been too dark to work on the Savior's body. And while animals roamed the graveyards at night, so the women waited until just before sunrise on the first day of the week and began making their way to Jesus' resting place. It was early Sunday morning, and they pressed their way to the tomb, not really knowing what they would do when they got there. They brought with them spices and ointments and to complete the burial ritual, but they were keenly aware 
that they would have to beg the Roman century posted beside the stone-covered sealed entrance to let them in the tomb so that they could prepare the Lord's body. The Synoptic Gospels tells us that the women had been watching from a distance that previous Friday afternoon when the stone was rolled in front of the opening of Jesus' tomb. The women knew that they couldn't roll that big old stone away by themselves. They didn't have the physical strength of others because the disciples were hiding for fear of their lives. It was open season on Jewish males. The government was killing Jewish males left and right. The disciples were hiding in fear. The women knew it It would be difficult to get to the body of Jesus and to complete their final burial preparation. They knew it would be difficult, but they went on anyhow. It was Sunday morning, and the trauma of the weekend is still fresh on their minds. Everyone believes Jesus is dead. It's gone. He's over. It's finished. But as the women make their way to the cave tomb, the place where they had laid him to rest Friday afternoon, John tells us that something doesn't look right. As they round the corner and Jesus' sepulcher comes into view, Mary Magdalene saw that the stone had been taken away from the entrance. Mary peeps into the tomb and notices that Jesus' body has been taken away. Listen, she had to look in the tomb because she ran from the graveyard to the disciples' hiding place and told Peter, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. The only way for Mary to know that the Lord had been taken away out of the tomb was that she had to stoop and look in to see that the body was missing. Friends, there is a purpose and promise in God's resurrection day. On this resurrection day, I want to look at the takeaways. God did it then some 2,000 years ago, and God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is alive forevermore, is still taking away stones and other things in our lives. God is still taking stuff for a purpose, and as important as what God takes away, it's what the Lord leaves in place after things have been taken away that I'm drawn to. The first takeaway is the stone was rolled away, leaving an open view, an invitation, as you will. The first thing that we note as a resurrection takeaway is that the stone that had blocked the entrance to Jesus' tomb had been rolled away. The Synoptic Gospels report that the stone was rolled away by angels, but John simply reports that when the women arrived, the stone was gone. This was a massive stone. There was no way that the women could have moved it. It had been placed there by a crew of Roman soldiers, rolled into place. When the women approached, they could see from a distance that the stone had been taken away. 
Mary didn't know what had happened, but we, when we read it, we know what happened. We have the privilege of looking back through history, and we know that God rolled away the stone. And taking away the stone, God did for the women what they could not do for themselves. And this is the first promise of the resurrection of Jesus. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's how our God rose. When there is no way, God somehow always makes a way. And notice this, the stone was not taken away so that Jesus could get out. Come on now. In just a few verses, Jesus is going to appear out of nowhere inside of a locked, barricaded room. Jesus didn't need the stone to be rolled away so that he could get out. No. The stone was taken away so that we could look in. God rolled away the stone so that we could see the evidence of his victory for us. We couldn't do it for ourselves. Left to our own devices, we would have missed the miracle, but been unable to move the stone, but God rolled the stone away so that we could witness God's awesome and mighty power on our behalf. Listen, I hope you are as happy as I am about the fact that we serve a God who takes away obstacles too big for us to handle. And on the backside of the takeaway, God leaves open spaces so that we can help but take note of the miracles that God performs in our own lives. God rolls away the stone, leaving an open view so that we could see God's handiwork and know that God has won and will always win victories on our behalf. Don't let the obstacles in your lives, my brothers and sisters, keep you from seeing the miracles of God. The promise of the resurrection is God is still taking away stones. God still does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. God is that kind of God. God is taking away that kind of good things and replacing them with stuff that we could use. God is able to do just what God said he would do. He's going to fulfill, my brothers and sisters, every promise to us. Don't give up on God because God won't give up on you. God is able to make a way even if he has to take away some stones in your life, even if he has to perform miracles because God specializes in what most people think are in, is impossible. And God will do what no other power on this earth can do. God will take away the stone and let us witness the miracle on the other side. Take away number two. The body of Jesus was taken away and in its place linens left. The resurrection reminds us that God takes away stones but that's not all. When Mary arrives at the tomb she notes that they had also taken away. Same Greek word. Jesus' body. Mary doesn't get it at first. She thinks that someone has stolen the body. She peeps into the tomb and she sees that Jesus' body is not there. Then Mary runs to report the missing body, but she somehow, somehow overlooks an important detail. 
Yeah, that's no body. But God didn't just take away Jesus' body. God left something in its place. Mary saw that. That's why she ran to tell Peter. But when Peter got there and John got there, the fellow saw the linen cloth laid there aside. Peter also noticed that the handkerchief that was tied around Jesus' head had been folded neatly and set aside. Jesus' body was taken away, but the linens were left. Don't miss the message on this resurrection takeaway. The linens were lying on the ground, and the head kerchief was folded and placed off to the side in clear view in the tomb. Definite evidence that Jesus' body was not removed by natural means. The Roman government, nor the Jewish religious leader, they wouldn't have moved the body. They needed that body to stay there as evidence that Jesus had been put to death. Well, that leaves two other possibilities. Maybe animal scavengers or grade robbers had remove the body. There's a problem, saints, with that. The linen and the folded headkerchief. The Greek is clear. The linens were lying on the floor in the tomb while the headkerchief was not lying with the rest of the linens, but was folded neatly and set aside as in a place all by itself. Listen, if the linens are lying in the tomb and the headkerchief is folded, I don't think animal scavengers or grave robbers would have been that neat and folded the headkerchief and laid it in a special spot. The disciples could have done it, but they were hiding for fear of their lives. The Romans or the Jewish leaders wouldn't have done it. Why would they take the body and fold this handkerchief? There's no natural explanation. There must be a supernatural explanation. The evidence of the linens and the folded headkerchief is this. Somehow God is responsible for taking away the body. God took the body of Jesus away and left the linens and a folded handkerchief as proof of God's handiwork. The God who took away the stone so that we could see in also took away the body so that we could know for certain that God has all power. Think about it. What problem do you have that's more challenging than raising a three-day dead Jesus? If God could raise Jesus from the dead, why should we worry? The missing body and the presence of the linens together remind us that you and I have nothing to fear because Jesus has been victorious in the past. Jesus is victorious in the present and Jesus will be victorious in the future. The takeaway of the body reminds us that in Christ's death has been swallowed up 
in victory. Come on over here, Paul, and, and explain it to us. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God took away the stone, and God took away the body so that we could see for ourselves and know that we know that we know that Jesus rose in power and declared, declared victory for us. The absence of the body and the presence of the linen stands as a reminder that God has won the victory for us. Takeaway number three. The disciples' fear was taken away and joy left in its place. On the first Resurrection Sunday, God took away the stone and left an open invitation. God took away the body of Jesus and left the linens. And finally, as the first Resurrection Day draws to a close, the Bible tells us that God took something else when Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of their lives, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Do you see the resurrection take away here? The first resurrection Sunday, God also took away the disciples' fear. Remember, the disciples had been in hiding following the events of Good Friday. The disciples were afraid that the Jewish authority would railroad them the same way they railroaded Jesus. They were in hiding for fear of their lives. But on Resurrection Sunday, the book says that Jesus showed up in a locked room where the disciples were, had barricaded themselves. And when he showed up, Jesus took away the disciples' fear. Jesus' presence took away the disciples' fear. And he left in, the, in place of the fear, he left joy. How do I know? The record says, after he spoke to the fear-filled disciples, the, the, the Gospel of John says, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. No more fear. The Lord took away the fear and gave the disciples joy, unspeakable joy. They were glad when they saw the Lord. Listen, my brothers and sisters, that's good news. How many of you know the Lord is still showing up in our lives, removing fear? Oh, I know the future seems uncertain. We all have family problems, health problems, financial problems, life problems. But our God is still able. Not even death can stop God from taking the fear from our lives because he has won the victory. He's fully qualified to speak peace to our fear and give us joy. The truth of the resurrection is Jesus got up from the grave and his disciples showed up to speak 
on our situation. I hear the Lord saying, peace be with you. His peace will give us joy. It's a peace that passes all earthly understanding. Jesus' peace is peace that just don't make sense at all by earthly standards. Jesus' peace is a peace that will carry us through all the storms of our lives. It's a peace that shows up on the backside of life's Good Friday event with resurrection joy. Joy, says God, is at work in all things, and he's making it work together for the good. Joy is troubled on every side, but not distressed. Joy is perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Joy is knowing that it is well with our soul because God can handle all of our problems and give us grace to move from the right now into the not yet. Joy comes from knowing that God took away the stone to remind us that God is willing and able to do for us that which we can't do for ourselves. God took away Jesus' body to show us that victory has been won. That God took away our fears that we can have joy. That's good news on this resurrection morning. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He lived and died to buy our pardon. An empty grave is there to prove our Savior lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, our fear is now gone. Because we know he holds the future. And we know that life is worth the living just because he lives. Pray with me. God, we thank you for this morning. A morning that's compared to no other morning. All the other world's religions can point to a grave where their God lays. But you provided us with an empty tomb to show us that death cannot hold what you have created. You have given us the victory and you provide your Holy Spirit to live within us that we may relive that victory daily. You provide your Holy Spirit to remind us we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Sin no longer can separate us from you. Thank you, God. Thank you for these people whom you have assembled here today and gifted them with your love and joy beyond measure. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.